This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual, with me in the studio. My co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day out there. The DVP's closed. So I had to take an alternate route in this morning. Uh, got a little bit of tour, a little bit of a tour of the western side of the city this morning. So, uh, But uh, driving down on a Sunday morning is uh, actually can be pleasurable because there's not the crazy traffic we have in uh, during the week. But uh, let's get to the matters at hand. And the matters at hand is there is a huge hockey game down at the Air Canada Centre tonight. And I noticed you are wearing your Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, c- can we call it a sweater, a pullover? Well, uh, pullover is fine. Pullover is fine. <laughs> so we got uh, your whatever deck. you want to call it. A hoodie, a hoodie. <laughs> it's the hoodie. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we're Zoomers. We don't uh, hoodies. Is sixty-year-old that, hoodie. That, that's a that's a millennial thing or whatever they call them nowadays. Mm-hmm. Anyways, time I think is passing us by, Nas. But no kidding. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, also, you're uh, you're decked out in your Toronto Blue Jays hat this morning. So yeah, uh, Jose Batista had his first home run on Friday. <laughs> Anyway, so, powerful offense we have there. Yeah. Anyways, we we've got to talk about the uh, the big event tonight, uh, seven o'clock, down on uh, Bay Street. The Toronto Maple Leafs are playing Game Six against the Washington Capitals, and uh, it was a hell of a Game Five. It was certainly um, uh, a game that I thought the Leafs rebounded. Uh, significantly from their performance in Game Four, although they didn't get outclassed, they've been they've been they've gone toe to toe with the uh, with the Washington Capitals this entire series. Um, I wouldn't call it a battle of heavyweights because I wouldn't put the Leafs necessarily in a heavyweight class just yet, but uh, they've held their own and have given as much as they've taken. And um, they came back Game Five, played played. I thought a a really good, what they call road hockey game. Um, the only thing that let them down was uh, I would call it a lapse uh, in attention for about 15 seconds in the overtime, uh, which essentially cost them the game. Um, just that that rush up the ice, um, you know, they just they lost track of their man for. The shortest period of time, and there's no margin of error when you're down to these types of games, and you know that little error, and their power play sort of, uh, which has been one of the strengths of the team so far this year, um, didn't work quite frankly, on on Friday night. But I'm I'm, uh, and as I want your thoughts on that, uh, let's uh, I want to turn it over to you. Your thoughts on the series so far, 
uh, and obviously the game from Friday night. Well, the Leafs could have won each and every game, and so so could have Washington. I mean, Washington was close too, so it's been a, a very tight series. And uh, Friday night, I tell you, when Ovechkin got hit by a Kadri, whoa, that changed. That really is going to change the series here because Washington came out fighting after that, if you notice. But then, you know, when Ovechkin comes back on the ice after it looked like he was dead. The Leaf players were after him too, so tonight should be an interesting game with let's, Ovechkin and Kadri. Yeah, let's you know. Well, you know, if if Washington has, um, you know, if Trotz is the coach that I think he is, I think he's going to have a talking to with his players before the game, and you know, I, I think it's important um, uh, that uh, not, not that I'm a Capitals fan, and I don't want to, I don't want the Capitals to win the series. I'm just. You know, we make we make no we make no pretension on this show. We uh, we want to see Toronto Maple Leafs win, um, but um, he's got to keep his players under emotional control. Um, this is the Stanley Cup playoffs. These games can turn um, on the slightest of 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 plays or ricochets or bounces or bad penalties. So I, I know that the Capitals are upset about the Kadri hit. Um, um, and there's debate about the Kadri hit, and let's chat about that. Um, my first sense of that hit was obviously it, it, it's a function of the NHL nowadays. You can't hit anybody anymore, and everybody takes things personally, um, especially when you're hitting the other guy's star. Um, so it, it, even if it's a clean hit, you know, if you go after, you, you hit McDavid or you hit Crosby or you hit Taves or, you know, you hit one of the big stars— the rest of the guys are coming at you, and and that's the way it should be. You should defend your stars, but I'm not convinced that that was a dirty hit. Um, there's been debate on both sides of that. Um, clearly, Kadri went in and tried a hip check. It might have been a hip check that perhaps he, perhaps he went a little bit low. I don't think he was targeting Ovechkin's knee, uh, and. And my first sense of it was it wasn't a dirty hit. Um, and, you know, then then you break it into slow motion. You look at it from 23 different angles. And you can make the argument both ways. Um, but Don Cherry didn't think it was a dirty hit. He thought it was good old-time hip-check hockey. And, yeah, back and, when, he, when he played, yeah. yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, I mean, uh, as soon as I saw that, I, I just went on Twitter because I wanted to get a sense uh, what what people around the league thought about it. Uh, Cherry didn't think it was a dirty hit. Um, Mike Milbury didn't think it was a dirty hit on, on NBC. Um, some of the commentators, perhaps some of the guys, uh, some of the other commentators thought it was borderline or, or over the top. Uh, I, don't, I didn't think it was a blatant dirty hit. I, I don't think he intended to take out Ovi's knee. I think he got a little bit low. Uh, and that turned into uh, into Ovechkin flipping around like a like 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 a rag doll. And fair enough. I mean, he looked like he was ser- seriously injured. I'm not gonna I'm not going to challenge his bona fides or whatever. But he came out like he was shot out of a gun at the beginning of the next period. And ultimately, ultimately, uh, if you look back, that hit that penalty he got a penalty. That's right. Cost them the game. Exactly. And and you know and if I was the Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe I might be a little bit upset about that because that's why I said if tonight. that's not Ovechkin, if that's not if that's not, if there isn't a little bit of drama put into the into the result, maybe there's no penalty there, 
Uh, there's certainly some some reasonable people didn't think it deserved the penalty, and Leafs are down one nothing in in a in a one one game. Well, the stars, you know, the stars. We talk about defending the stars. Ovechkin's been hitting guys for the last seven years. He doesn't. He plays a rough style of hockey. Let me take a look. He knocked out yeah. Kamarov with a, a concussion two years ago. Exactly. He's he's a he's he goes Why around. Why not go hit him? He, I mean, he's out time. He, time says he's out there. He reminds me of. Uh, he reminds me of Bob Kelly from. Uh, remember the old Philly Flyers. Bob <laughs> <Kelly>. <laughs> remember Bob Kelly, the Mad old. Dog. The, I used Mad to call, Dog was, Kelly. Mad Dog Kelly or whatever yeah. his name was. Uh, he was like an energizer, energizer <laughs> bunny. When when Fred when Freddie the Fog Shiro ever wanted to create some havoc out there, I mean he he he. He'd tap Bob Kelly, and he'd, he'd skate around like he was shot out of a gun for, for 40 seconds and then skate back to when, the bench. When, when you hit like that, when Ovechkin hits like that, he's fair game, I guess, with everybody, right? For sure. And uh, McDavid and these other guys are a little different. They play a little different style. But Ovechkin, he deserves it. He deserves to get hit. He should be hit. Well, I, I mean, I'm not so sure I'd, I'd use the word deserve. I mean, it's hockey. It's hockey, and you know what? <laughs> Keep your head up, and contact's part of the game, and you better be ready. And Kadri, that's what I love about Kadri. Uh, I mean, I'm sure every other, you know, other, uh, you know, fans of other teams think he's a dirty player. And he is a bit of a dirty player, but uh, I don't, don't want to. He, he's, he he's a pretty good hockey yeah, player. Yeah, and he's, he's a good hockey player. Uh, you want to use the word dirty. He's had some issues. He's had some suspensions, uh, you know. I mean, I can see if I'm a fan of the Washington Capitals or I'm a fan of some other team in the league, yeah, I probably wouldn't be too thrilled about Nazem Kadri. As as a fan of the Leafs, you know, he's a borderline player. And he, he's the one one player on the team, uh, more than one, but, he, you know, there's not that many of them, that plays with a little bit of sandpaper. And he forces the other team to keep their heads up. Um no, I'm not going to excuse any. I'm not going to excuse any behavior that that's beyond the line. Uh, I don't think the hit on Ovi was, but there have been other instances with with Kadri. Uh, to be charitable, sometimes will have a brain cramp during the game. But he's, you know what? I I think you have to accept the fact that he is, he's a very valuable player on this team, and he's changed his game in the Babcock area. He's become a responsible center. I uh, scored. Well, he scored thirty goals this 32. year. Thirty-two. Yeah, and and Naz, you you always bring up a very uh, a very astute statistic about Nazem Kadri, uh, and I'll let you. I'll he let draws you, the most penalties in the, in the national. Draws the hockey. most penalties in in the National Hockey League, and on a team that had uh, one of the best power plays or has one of the best power plays, that's pretty an important stat. The one thing I like about Kadri is he doesn't back down. He takes on all comers where he doesn't hide from it. You know, he'll make his hits, but he doesn't hide. He'll take on all comers. Anyways, we've got to go to break. Just before we go to break, we're going to be calling Michael, Michael Trakos, who's been with us before on the show. He's the national hockey writer for Post Media News. In fact, covered the Leafs for 10 seasons before acquiring that title. Michael's been with us. And certainly we're going to talk about the Leafs' capitals and uh, and, and and the other NHL uh Playoff series, so really looking forward to talking to Michael right after the break. And after our second break, we'll be talking to Leo Routens because there was another big game in Toronto sports yesterday. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, the much maligned Toronto Raptors after Game 3, uh, sucked it up yesterday and played, uh, made the necessary adjustments and, and got a hard-earned victory and seemingly have turned that series around, Ness. 
Yeah, it's interesting. The game before, they couldn't do anything, and yesterday they came out and played like uh, a great defensive game, and uh, they looked really good yesterday. So hopefully we can get uh, past these guys and move on to the next series. What, what what would worry me is if the Raptors and Leafs got knocked out, well, who would we cheer for in the next three months? Well, we'll have that discussion before the end of the show. Anyways, uh, we'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville wondered who makes the best Ponzo. After exhaustive and highly scientific research, we asked three customers and a guy named Cheech, we have concluded that Pizzaville makes the best Ponzo in town. There you have it. You can't argue with facts. Maybe I should run for president. Call Pizzaville for a Ponzo at 7363636, not 7363636. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto... And once again, if your signal is being bounced around by all the tall buildings down here, uh, you get a clear signal with us on 96.7 FM. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazanwali Sports Hour, Michael Trakos. Michael, of course, is the national hockey writer for Post Media News and uh, spent a considerable part of his career, 10 seasons, covering the Toronto Maple Leafs. Good morning, Michael. Hey, how are you doing this morning? We're doing great, Michael. Uh, Big game tonight and... uh, I think there's uh, fair to say uh, some people are surprised at the performance of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have certainly uh, gone toe-to-toe with the Washington Capitals, and and by no means are they out of this series. Uh, uh, A win tonight, and anything can happen in Game 7. Your assessment so far, Michael, of um, are you surprised by how uh, the accomplishments of the Toronto Maple Leafs in this series? You know, as the series has gone on, I'm, I'm less and less surprised. Um, that being said, at the beginning of the series, uh, at the playoffs, there's no way I thought this would be a 3-2 uh, series in, in, fa- 
favor of Washington at this time. Uh, I thought my predicted that Washington was going to sweep the Leafs. So the fact that it's 3-2 is surprising. But, you know, after seeing five games between these two uh, teams, uh, I'm no longer surprised by these, uh, uh, by the efforts of the Leafs. Um, this is a team that, um, well, all season really uh, has defied expectations. So the fact that they're already this far along, um, I think I'm no longer surprised. Uh, guys like Matthews, uh, Marner, Nylander, um, even Kadri, um, they have evolved and just grown um, with every game um, this year. So uh, I think the longer the series goes, and if Toronto can force a game seven, uh, I think it's going to see a real nervous uh, Washington team. So. Uh, it's really too hard to predict right now. Michael, um, good morning. Yeah, so tight. Uh, what did you? Th- uh, I want to ask you about the uh, Ovechkin hit. What did you think about it? I didn't like it. I, I thought it was a, kind of a dirty hit by uh, Nazem. Uh, I really like this player. Uh, I don't think Nazem is the kind of player that typically goes for those kind of dirty hits. And uh, to be honest, uh, I thought it was a gray area that I, I just didn't, I didn't think it was necessary. Uh, Michael, uh, notice today you've uh, you wrote an article in the uh, or published today in the Toronto Sun about Mitch Marner, and interestingly enough, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't suggest that Mitch is being criticized, uh, uh, but um, he hasn't uh, he hasn't found his rhythm yet. I guess is a is a better way of of uh, describing it. He hasn't found his rhythm yet in this series. But you make an interesting point. He's uh, he's actually scoring at a higher rate than he has during the regular season. He's got four points in five games, and uh, he's he's tied for the scoring lead in the Toronto Maple Leafs in this series. Uh, so you know he's 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 performed in terms of in a certain sense, but doesn't seem to have found his rhythm in this series. Uh, is that your is is that the way you look at it as well, Michael? Yeah, I think. I was a guy like Marner. He's raised the bar so high where you're looking at him and you're going, okay, well, on paper, he's got four points, which, like you said, tied uh, for the team lead in uh, scoring right now. And yet you look at him and look at the ice time that he's getting and, and the impact he's making. Like, with a guy like Marner, you notice him. Um, even if he's not scoring, um, he's a guy that always has the puck on his stick, um, hunts the puck down, uh, really dogged on it. And right now, I'm just not noticing him on the ice. So, you know, I think it's going to come. I think with these playoffs, some guys are finding it a little easier than others. And right now, I think Marner's maybe finding it a little bit more difficult. But we see the talent that he has. Um, we see even just the desire he has. Like, there was one play, I guess, in Game 2 where Hunter Ovechkin down on a back check and breaks him up on a, on a breakaway there. So, I think it's going to come from Marner. I, I think the real question is, does it come tonight? Uh, in time for him to actually make an impact in the series because right now um, he's one of those guys that you're just still kind of waiting on for him to do what he did in the regular season. Michael, which way do you see the direction of the game tonight going? Well, Toronto's got to score first um, to make an impact. Uh, I think you got to use that home ice to your advantage. Um, they've really had to play catch-up both times on home ice. Once they actually managed to achieve a comeback the other time, um, just fell short of it. So if they can score first, I think that's going to be a real important thing. But uh, if they get into a goaltender duel, uh, I, I think that's going to really play into Washington's favor. 
Well, we're talking to Michael Trakos. Michael is, of course, the national hockey writer for Post Media News. Uh, Michael, some other surprises in the NHL playoffs so far, and I guess the biggest one uh, from my perspective is the team that um, a lot of a lot of a lot of smart money put uh, was put on the Chicago Blackhawks got swept in four games. Uh, there's not that many uh, hockey insiders or uh, commentators that w- that commented that they thought Nashville would beat Chicago. What happened? Good question. <laughs> Take them to win the cup. So, uh, a Pecorine happened, really. Uh, when you pick up three shutouts in a four-game series, um, that, that's going to help you tremendously. But, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I think Nashville was a better team than maybe uh, a lot of us figured um, after watching the regular season. Um, they came into the playoffs hot. I still don't get it. I, I think in a, in a seven-game series, um, anything can happen, and maybe this is one of those ones that you just kind of scratch your head over. Um, but yeah, the whole playoffs have been like that. Like I picked Montreal, Chicago as my Cup final, so what the hell do I know? Michael, we we need to go to Buffalo and see what's happening with the Sabers because I don't know if they can ever turn this around the way things are going. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Buffalo Sabers? They got some players there. Just you know what? Maybe if they hadn't got Mike Babcock, things would have been a little different right now. But, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about Buffalo, to be honest. It's just, you look at their young guys, they, they got Eichel, um, they've got some pieces there. I just don't know. It's almost like a Colorado situation where you're going, okay, do they have a lot of pieces? Just the pieces aren't fitting right now. Uh, you look at the defense, it's not quite good enough. Um, I don't know. I, I just think they need a little bit of stability there. And hopefully the next guy that Terry Pugula runs or picks to run the team. I uh, get the head coach that can last longer than a couple of years. Yeah, it seems to me like I've heard reports that uh, they, they're looking at Jim Schoenfeld coming back and being the GM of Buffalo, and they're trying to bring back all the old Sabres. I'm not sure that's the right direction for them to go. There's a couple uh, of guys yeah, in L.A. Yeah. that are available, former yeah, L.A. Lombardi. guys that are available. But, um, I'm just wondering where that where that's heading. Yeah, like I said, I think whoever they hire, whether it's Dean Lombardi, um, whether a bad for a living becomes available in Calgary and they get him, or whether they go young and off the board, uh, I think what you're trying to achieve there is a little stability. Um, I, I think the way that a lot of things are going right now is the way that Toronto um, is running things, where you've got an actual management team, and it's not uh, one guy. Uh, when you look at the Leafs, um, there's moves where you're going, okay, that's a Mark Hunter move, that's a Shandy move, that's a Lanarella move, that's a Kyle Dubas move. Uh, I think you've got a lot of voices in the room, and I think it actually works to Toronto's favor. So um, I think Buffalo's maybe trying to, oh, I think it'd be wise to kind of copy that model, but more and more, um, whoever you pick, let them run the team uh, for more than a couple of years and, and get, like I said, get some stability there. And if you're Terry Pegula, Whoever you hire, hire them and then walk out the room and just let them do their job. Um, we're talking to Michael Trakos, uh, national hockey writer for Post Media News. Michael, uh, 
Uh, we're going to wrap this up shortly. Just want to go back uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs series because uh, obviously the city's on edge. It's Game Seven tonight, and uh, it's I, Game Six. Oh, probably. Game Six! Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I have. I, I, I hope there is a Game Seven. <laughs> I have predicted Game Seven. I think the Leafs are going to win tonight, but uh, I, I think we're going to Game Seven as well. I think I think we're going to Game Seven, and anything can happen in Game in Game Seven. But Game Six tonight. Um, and 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 uh, the one thing that has really really surprised me uh, that I, I never would have expected uh, in this series is the level of performance that they've gotten from their defense. I just uh, you know aside from Morgan O'Reilly, I, I you know and Jake Gardner's got a huge amount of talent. Uh, sometimes his 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 decision making on the ice is somewhat questionable. But I'm actually shocked, especially in that double overtime game, that uh, Babcock's been ma- been able to make the moves to have this defense hold up, given given what I perceive to be the talent level there, or lack of talent there, especially since Polak uh, got taken out. Um, do you find that uh, the, the, one of the biggest surprises of this series, Michael? Well, let's face it, Washington was one of the top scoring teams in the NHL, whether it was on the power play or even strength. And Toronto has a no-name defense that, aside from Morgan Riley, uh, left a lot to be desired during the regular season. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm incredibly surprised that um, the Capitals haven't decimated um, this uh, defense more than they have. Maybe it's a credit to the forwards. Maybe it's a credit to Frederick Anderson uh, that... Uh, they haven't scored more. And saying that, you look at the actual goal totals, and um, Washington has scored a ton of goals. It just, um, I don't think you can blame the defense for a lot of the goals. And I don't know, maybe they're growing up before before our eyes. Uh, maybe Morgan Riley uh, is saving his best performance for the playoffs. And same thing with Jake Gardner. And um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's almost similar to what Pittsburgh had last year. Uh, where it's a no-name defense, where you're saying, okay, uh, San Jose should have their way with them, and uh, fill in the blank should have their way with them. And yet, game after game, all they did was just move the puck smartly out of their end and let the forwards take control. And it looks like Toronto's really following that same pattern. Michael, I want you to to talk about the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> the Canadiens lost yeah. last night. Yeah, it was a tight series. It could have gone either way. And Edmonton is a, has advanced. I with all the teams that are left, Edmonton could go to the final. Well, they got the goaltender. I think that's a big thing. Um, with Montreal not advancing, uh, that's a shocker for me. I knew there was they were in tight against New York, but I just thought Carey Price and uh, Max Pacioretty were going to just kind of carry them through it, and uh, they got a performance out of Price. They just didn't get enough out of Pacioretty. Uh, with Edmonton, um, Cam Talbot has just been incredible. Um, as long as he holds up, and you figure playing as many games as he did this year. I think it was something like 73. Uh, no one was even close this season. Um, eventually, it's going to um, tire this guy out, but uh, the longer he can, can keep playing at this level, um, he gives Edmonton a shot. You know what they have up front with Connor and Leon Dreisaitl and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it, for me, it really stems from the goaltending. And uh, Cam Talbot has been as, every bit as good in the playoffs as he was in the regular season. Uh, we've been talking to Michael Trakos. Michael, uh, we're going to let you go, but before we let you go, really, really quickly, 
you had picked, as you earlier commented, you had picked uh, the Chicago Blackhawks to win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. So uh, give us, uh, you, obviously you've had to adjust your, uh, your analysis and your thinking uh, really quickly. Uh, what's your, who's your new pick? Oh, boy. Then you make me look like a fool regardless. Okay, <laughs> I'll, 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 look what's left in the West. I know. You know what? Uh, let's say Edmonton. Uh, they're just a team of destiny right there. And they're making up for lost time. And then from the East, I know. I, I think Pittsburgh, um, just the way that they've been going along, maybe they don't need the Chris Letang. They're just that darn good. Anyways, uh, Michael, we want to thank you. Uh, it's, it's always uh, we always appreciate you taking some time for us on a Sunday morning. I'm sure it's busy. It's a busy day for you. We really we really appreciate uh, you joining us and sharing your insights with us. This is of course Michael Trakos. Uh, check him out in the Toronto Sun. He's got a great article today about Mitch Marner and uh, is always uh, always uh, writing some great stuff with Post Media News, National Post, and Toronto Sun. Thanks so much, Michael. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. We will. Thank you so much. That of course was uh, Michael Trakos. Uh, he's uh, he's got his predictions pretty close to yours, Naz. He's uh, he's leaning uh, Penguins and Oilers, and I think you're leaning Oilers and Rangers. The Penguins would be a good one too. Crosby against McDavid. That would be uh, an easy one to sell down in the states and and around Canada. That'd probably be a good matchup too. Yeah, it'd be it should fantastic. be should be very interesting. Anytime it's time for our break. When we uh, we'll be back right after the break with Leo Routens. Leo Routens, of course, was in Milwaukee yesterday doing the uh, color for the. Uh, for the uh, Raptors uh, playoff broadcast, and he's back in Toronto this morning, and we'll be chatting with him right after the break. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer, and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language. No matter where you are from, call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, 
field goals to own goals. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. We're also on 96.7 FM and internet streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. And a little surprise this morning, we're actually live streaming this morning. Uh, We actually have some cameras in the studio, so if you check us out at www.zoomerradio.ca, you can actually see Naz wearing his Toronto Maple Leaf sweater and his his Toronto Blue Jay cap. And Naz didn't realize we were going to be live streaming this morning. Got to remember to shave next Sunday morning. That's for sure. (laughs) Certainly, uh, uh, certainly, uh, we'll make sure we correct that for next uh, Sunday's show. Anyways, joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, back from Milwaukee, of course, talking about Leo Routens, a Raptors uh, basketball analyst. Leo, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How's everybody today? We're doing fantastic. I hope you've had your early morning coffee and uh, ready to talk some Raptors. Uh, certainly, uh, as you said after Game 3, uh, everybody was getting nervous. Everybody wanted to fire Casey. Everybody wanted to sh- ship the Rosen out of town and... You know, they got one bad loss and, uh, you know, the Boo Birds were out and all the critics were out. And uh, certainly a gutsy performance by the Raptors yesterday. And as you tweeted uh, after Game 3, you told everybody to relax. That's why they call it a series. Uh, uh, and certainly they did make some adjustments yesterday. And it was a, a huge win, uh, certainly from... Uh, from an emotional point of view, certainly they needed it. They, it was gut check time, as you call it, and they rose to the occasion. Um, your uh, your analysis of yesterday's game, Leo? Well, you know, first, you know, it's funny. We have so many passionate fans. It's, it's amazing how much they, uh, they get worked up over everything that's happening with the Raptors and Leafs and everybody else. But, uh, you know, it was a little over the top where people, as you said, you know, you want to get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy, fire the coach. And, uh, you know, with all the success this team has had, despite any adversities that have come their way, uh, really doesn't make sense to me. And, and and the other thing is, you know, take a look at the history of this team. For whatever reason, and trust me, if Dwayne Casey or Messiah Jerry or Jeff Weltman or anybody could figure this out, they'd take care of it. Uh, for some reason, this team does better in adverse situations. <laughs> they put themselves in, in these situations, and then they climb out. And, uh, you know, you can't put your finger on it, but you have to love the resiliency and the fight of these guys. That You know, when their back's up or against the wall, that's when they play their best basketball. And uh, yesterday was uh, another great example of that. Uh, you know, the, the biggest thing to take away from yesterday was defense. Uh, you know, Dwayne Casey's preached from day one that if you defend – if you play the way you're supposed to at that end of the floor, you can miss shots, you can have droughts, you can go through whatever you have to go through, and you're always going to have a chance to win anyway. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, you hold Milwaukee, which was one of the people, – people seem to forget, thinking, okay, it's a six-seed, Raptors walk in and win. This team was the second-hottest team in the Eastern Conference since the All-Star game behind Toronto. Uh, they're also, uh, when they got Chris Middleton back, uh, they're tremendous swingman. Uh, they were six games under 500. From that point on, they went on a roll. So you're talking one of the hotter teams in the NBA, and you go in there, you hold them to 76 points, uh, 31% shooting or whatever it was, and 21 turnovers, 
uh, and just dominate the game defensively. Uh, the Raptors were able to withstand a, a poor shooting first half. Uh, DeMar DeRozan carried them. And in the second half, they were able to kind of kick it in. Kyle Lowry got going. Uh, they got a big boost from Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, you know, Norm Powell was great, you know, starting the game and then finishing the game. So, uh, you know, they were able to get through it. And that, that just tells you the character of this team. They just find a way to fight. Look at Norm Powell. He played a great game yesterday. He was inserted into the lineup and played 34 minutes in comparison to none of the previous games, or next to none. What did he mean getting Powell in there? I'll tell you what, uh, Norm Powell to me is, if you're a coach, you would kill to have a guy like that on your roster. And you think about the way he's been used. He, he can start. He can not start. Uh, he can play heavy minutes. He can play limited minutes. He cannot play at all for games on end. And you put him in, and he responds. Uh, the only negative you can ever come up with him is that sometimes when he gets in, he'll, he'll play so hard that he'll kind of get out of his lane a little bit and you, you kind of got to rein him in. But if that's the worst you could say about a guy, I'll take that guy on my team any day of the week. And, and you know, Dwayne Casey had to find something. He had to do something to, to give this team a, a little infusion of energy and, and, and toughness and uh, in that first in that starting lineup. And, you know, putting Norm Powell in did that. Uh, he was aggressive. He got after it. Uh, and then, again, to close the game, he was outstanding. He had some great drives to the basket. He set up this big man, Valanchunas. Uh, you know, he hit a big jump shot in the corner, a big three. Uh, he's, he's just a guy that uh, you just want on your team. You want to find a way to, to get him minutes, find a way to work him in. And, and quite honestly, I don't see the Raptors going forward uh, this in this playoffs without giving him uh, significant minutes. He's, he's, he deserves it, and he's earned it. We're talking to Leo Routon's Raptors analyst. Uh, the corollary to Norm Powell is always is, uh, is also the altered role of Valanchunas, uh, and he got significant fourth-quarter minutes yesterday, and he was more of a coming-off-the-bench role than, than a starting role. Uh, and he, and he, seemed to be, he seems to be more effective in that role. Am, am I seeing that right, Leo? I think it's more of a matchup situation. Uh, the Raptors felt that uh, for Valanciunas in a starting lineup, um, you know, Milwaukee's long and quick. And when you have Thon Maker and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you've got two guys that are, you know, two seven-footers that can run run like deers. And uh, it, it just it, it's not a great matchup for him. But what the, Milwaukee does is bring Greg Monroe, a more traditional big off the bench. So the Raptors felt, when Greg Monroe comes in the game, that would be a great time to bring Valanciunas into the game. But what Valanciunas did, you know, you want a player, you know, JV is all about the team. So he's not going to pout and act like a baby, you know, with not being a starter. But you also want a player to be ticked off. You want a guy to say, you know, really? You know, you think that's the solution? Okay, I'm going to show you. And he did that. He came in and he, he just played with energy. He played with power. Uh, and he became, here's a guy that, you know, oftentimes the big is kind of the big joke that you know jv doesn't play in the fourth quarter and i've been saying all season long keep thinking that because the playoffs come along you're going to have to play him in the fourth quarter the game is a different game you need a release guy inside and jv is that guy and what happened yesterday he played in the fourth quarter and was a major figure in the fourth quarter for the toronto raptors uh you know when you have good perimeter players like the raptors have 
you need somebody to take the pressure off, somebody to be the release guy, somebody that they can't leave around the basket to go help on your perimeter guys. And JV was just that, and I thought I thought his performance was outstanding. Leo Abaka looks uh, injured to me. What are your comments on his play so far in the series? About sorry, I, I Abaka looks I, injured to me. He's not playing with the same uh, zest he started with when he came in with the Raptors. What are your comments? Um, you know, honestly, I thought he just got tired yesterday. Um, you know, he, he had some he, he had some great looks, and what I did like, and I made the comment during the game, you know, even when you're struggling, as long as you're taking good shots, you've got to keep taking them. And, and he did. He didn't shy away from it. He didn't change his shot. Um, but I think he expended so much energy in that first half of the defensive end. Uh, you look at the presence that he, he created out there. I mean, he was blocking shots. He was altering shots. Uh, he rebounding. I, I thought he was outstanding. Uh, and again, the shots he took, I had no issue with the shots he took. He just he just couldn't find the bottom of the net. And then towards the latter part of the second half, I thought that he was gassed. Uh, I just thought he had nothing left. So, uh, you know, he is dealing with an ankle injury, but I, I, don't, I really don't believe that's the issue. I just thought he, he got exhausted, and that's that was the perfect time where JV came in, uh, and JV was able to continue to do what Ibaka did defensively. Uh, holding the fort and, and being a presence there, and then he offered the Raptors uh, scoring inside. So uh, I'm not worried about Serge. I think he's going to be okay. And the great thing about the playoffs, there's no back-to-back. So at the very least, you've got a day between games, and uh, you know if they win, uh, take care of business tomorrow, they'll have uh, three days before the next game. So plenty of time to kind of catch up. Leo, I want to talk about, obviously, uh... Uh, after game three there you know the criticism was in, in a lot of ways over the top um, and that's and you and you explained you know and I, I think you analyzed that uh, Toronto fans are are, are are extremely passionate and uh, were were starved for winners and you know it was it was it wasn't a great performance to be quite frank uh, in game three but uh, they turned it around and and the two guys that really, you know, the, the guts of the team, I wouldn't call them the guts of the team, but the, the focal point in a lot of the discussions are Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And certainly DeRozan brought it yesterday. Um, 33 points, led the Raptors in rebounds, led the Raptors in assists. So certainly a, you know, an, uh, a, a performance that deserves a lot of praise. Um what was the difference? Uh, how, how does how do you go from a performance in Game Three to that kind of a performance in Game Four? Uh, he was embarrassed. Uh, you know, you got to remember these guys have a lot of pride. You don't you don't you don't grow as a player uh, and become a twenty seven point scorer in the NBA and an All Star uh, without a lot of pride. Uh, and you know, Demar Derozan was embarrassed. So was Kyle Lowry. They were you know they they, they it was a horrible game. Um, and they're the leaders of this team, and they understand what that means, and they understand the ramifications of that. And for the first time ever, you know, Demar Derozan's a low-key guy. He doesn't really say a lot. He's a, he's not he's not very outspoken. He's he's kind of guy who just kind of gets it done. And for the first time ever, after Game Three, I heard him say, "Hey, tomorrow's next game's going to be different. This is never going to happen again. I'm going to make sure that like it, he was." He, he verbalized it, and then he backed it up. He, he was adamant that this was not going to be the way this team was going to play, nor was he going to play that way. And uh, I, I was I was unbelievably impressed because in that first half, as I said, the Raptors' defense was off the charts. 
but their offense, they, they, you know, they had great looks. I mean, they moved the ball, they had good shots, but they could not make a basket. And DeMar DeRozan, I think he had, what, 21 points in the first half uh, and, and, you know, finished the game with 33. As you said, he led the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Hmm. Get four steals in the one. game. So when you put a performance like that together, um, you know, that, that, that's what it's all about. That, I think that's the great thing about sports. Uh, you have incredible highs, incredible lows, and that's why I think people have to stay calm. I mean, that, that's what sports is all about. It's, you know, sometimes you run into a team on a certain day where just everything goes right and everything is going to go wrong for you, and you can't explain it. You can't, you know, you, you, you're as, as dismayed by the whole thing as the fans are. Uh, but it happens. But what, what, what the great thing about sports is what's your response to that? You know, what, what, who, who are you? What's your character? Uh, and we've seen from both DeMar and Kyle how they've responded to situations like that. Uh, you know, even Kyle, he grinded it out. I mean, the first half for him was a struggle, too. Uh, but in the second half, he just turned into Kyle. And all of a sudden, he's driving, he's distributing, and uh, he makes some big defensive plays. And that's what you want from your two leaders. You know, when the you know the old saying, going gets tough, the tough get going, and, and they brought it. And it was uh, uh, hopefully something they can both build on uh, going forward in the series. Rio, what do the Raptors have to do to win game five? I'll tell you what. It, it, to me, it's pretty simple. Um, Milwaukee has given the Raptors a steady dose of pressure and double teaming. And when you see something all the time, uh, you get used to it. You can you can adjust to it. You can you can play off it pretty pretty easily. When when I think it's a lot harder when when you're getting uh, different looks, different angles, different times where you have to oh wait wait what, what are we looking at now? Uh, Milwaukee's kind of given the Raptors just a, a a good dose of pressure. So. What you want to do, and the Raptors did this in their Game 2 victory, and they did this in their Game 4 victory. Get that ball up the floor. Don't walk it up the floor. If you want to pressure the guards, you've got to beat the guy pressuring you, get that ball past half court. So now what happens is the guy guarding the ball is chasing. He's already behind. That means somebody else has got to come up and stop the ball. So you're leaving somebody to stop the ball. Now you're going to, in effect, have two guys pursuing the basketball, somebody's open. So you move the ball to the open man, and guess what? Now every the defense is rotating, and if you keep the ball moving, hey, if you get a great shot, you get a great shot. Otherwise, you keep the ball moving, and you keep maintaining your advantage against the defense, and you're going to get a great shot. And the Raptors, as I said, in the first half, they moved the ball. They, picked the, they, they were picking Milwaukee apart. They just couldn't make shots. Um, but for the body of the game, that was the solution. They, they just, you see the pressure, they, they want to double, triple team the ball, move it quickly, don't allow the, uh, the, the, the trap to take place, uh, and push the ball up the floor. And when you do that, you're going to have a, you're going to handle their pressure, and it's not going to be a problem. And then bring the same defense as you brought in game, in game four, and, you know, the Raptors can take care of business in game five. Uh, Leo, we've been talking to Leo Routens. Uh, Leo, we want to thank you once again uh, for taking time for us on this Sunday morning. We're certainly uh, hopeful that it's going to be a successful week for the Toronto Raptors and a successful week for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, it's going to be a big week in Toronto sports. And uh, once again, thank you for your time, Leo. It's always a pleasure. 
Hey, I, I appreciate it, guys. I love coming on with you guys. And uh, like I said, what a great time to be a Toronto sports fan with all the stuff going on. So, fans, just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Thanks, Thanks so, guys. Thanks so much, Leo. That, of course, was Leo Routens. Uh, enjoy the ride. That, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, certainly, I hope we're... Uh, we're laughing, uh, or having, or, or uh, in as good spirits uh, next Sunday morning as as we are this Sunday morning. But uh, but it's so true about uh, games being different. You know, like look look at the Oilers; they lost seven nothing to San Jose, right? You think they're out of it? They yeah, but come you, back the, and they win know, the series. Every game is different. Yeah, you know that's 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 why you know Leo. You just don't know. You know, I follow I follow Leo on uh, on Twitter. He's you know he's. Um, you know, he, he uh, tweets some 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 good stuff, and he made a really interesting comment after Game Three when, you know, Toronto Raptor fans and media they're going they're going you know there was I mean the stuff sometimes over the top. It's one game, it's one game, and Leo says, Let, guys, let's let's remember, it's a series, right? It's a series, and playoff series go up and down, uh, and you're going to have some stinkers. Like you make a good point, Nas. Edmonton lost the game seven nothing. Seven nothing. I and, thought they were out of it. Right. They weren't coming back. Look at them. And uh, that happens all the time. That's that's why it's sports. That's why they play seven games or six games or five games or you know however many games that the, the series ends up going to. And you're going to have you're going to have swings. Some some nights your goalie's going to be. You know, he's going to be standing on his head is, I guess, the term that's used. Or he's going to be, a, you know, some nights he can't stop a beach ball. You know, that, that happens. And uh, and um, hopefully tonight, um, um, you know, we've uh, we've chatted about tonight's game. I, you know, I, I think if the Leafs can get off to a start where Washington doesn't get up on them in the first seven or eight or ten minutes of the game, I'm, you know, I, I've, my sense is the Leafs will win tonight. And you know what? Game seven's a roll of the dice. It really is. And um, this Washington team, you know, we had chatted about them a few weeks back and said, wow, they're strong, they're big, they're fast, they've got the world-class goalie and, you know, all these defensemen. I got to be honest with you, Naz, I, I mean, they really haven't impressed me in this series. Uh, some of it is the fact that the Leafs, as Michael Traco said, um, they continue to surprise, and good. we un- at least are that good. We underestimate them, but this team, this Leaf team, under and you know, got to give Babcock a lot of credit. Um, you know, they are playing a disciplined, mature game, um, and they have progressed to a level in 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 a, in a short period of time that I don't think very many people would have envisioned. Really? Now, would you trade the Leaf forwards for the Capital forwards after seeing what uh, Washington came up with? You'd be hard-pressed, hard really, especially the youth on the Leaf team. But uh, uh, no, You know the what? The Leaf, uh, Leaf defense is not as good, but uh, up front, they're as good as anybody. You know, you, you've, got, you've got a core. Um, you know, you've got Austin Matthews, who's progressed at a rate that, Nobody would have expected. He's got unbelievable hands in close. Eight. You know, he's he's, just... he's he's pretty close. You know, in the next two three years, he will become one of the top five players in the game. Um, you know, over the course of the next, you know, ten years, it's it's Connor McDavid, uh, it's Austin Matthews, it's the tail end of Sydney's career. Um, throw some other names out there, Naz. Jack Eichel, I'm a big I, fan Eichel, of. I Eichel am. Eichel could be there. I think I'm I'm a huge fan of Jack Eichel. 
Um, uh, this kid out in Edmonton. I mean, I, you know, I mean, Dreisaitl. Um, wow. <laughs> 19, 20 years old, man, they can play the game. And the best player in the league right now is Carlson from Ottawa. Yeah, right now, you know what? If I had to throw in, in you know, if I had to, you know, if I was drafting, a, you know, uh, a team, you know, obviously I think I'd take Connor McDavid. But if I had to throw out, if I had to start a game tomorrow night in the, in the playoffs right now, um, there's no there's no doubt in my mind I'd be taking Carlson. I mean, he's he's... I wouldn't say he's taken his game to a different level because he's been one of the elite players in the NHL for for a while now. But uh, oh man, he's been he's been a tower on that on that Senators defense he's got, it, this he's, season. He's got different and, speeds, that kid, man. He can and, really fly. And in the playoffs, he really he really has been something else. And uh, you know, I mean, we got that Toronto uh, Toronto Ottawa battle of Ontario rivalry. But uh, I mean, I'd love to see the Senators win this. Um, you know, I'd like to see them keep going. Um, obviously, we want to see the Leafs keep going. We want to see the Oilers. Um, we want to see as many of these Canadian teams uh, keep going in the playoffs as, as much as we can. Uh, a few minutes left, Naz. Uh, um, keep the Leaf discussion going. Um, you know, uh, Komarov's been a force. Gardner, uh, you know he's an interesting he's an interesting uh, dynamic out there. Um, he 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 makes things happen from an offensive point of view. Um, he's he's supremely talented with the puck. Uh, seems to have cut down on some of his, I would call bad decisions in the playoffs. And uh, you know he's he's been a really really important part of the Leafs in this playoff series. Yeah, a lot of people have been still on his case, even though he's turned it around. There's just people that are going to hate Jake Gardner as time goes on, but he's played well, and, and Riley has stepped up his game. Every Leaf has played well. You know, I, I've been very impressed with the effort, and they seem like they're never out of a game, Wally. They seem like they're always in, in the game, no matter what the score is. Brian Boyle, what a pickup. Yeah, and they need to re-sign that guy. <laughs> he, he's pretty. He adds stability to that uh, lineup. You know, he's, very, very good team. You know, he's uh, he seems like a leader out there. Uh, he plays a physical game. Good on the, good on the faceoff. Plays a very valuable role on a team. Provides experience. Provides maturity to, and uh, you know, he fulfills his minutes uh, very well. And uh, very, very uh, astute pickup at the trade deadline by Lamorello and hopefully hopefully they find some way of of signing him. Uh just a couple other th- just one thing I wanted to comment on. Uh we just got a couple of minutes left on the show, a uh, minute and a half. Uh you know, we, we've been big boosters of Dave Keon on this show, Nez. Yep. Uh, for years. And there was a very important event that happened this week. It was the uh, nominations admittance to the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame and we, we know for a fact that there was a very strong nomination made on behalf of Dave Keon, and it was supported by a lot of very influential people in the world of hockey, uh, who I'm not at liberty to name. Um, and he didn't get admitted. And he's only on the ballot one more year. And, and I'm not criticizing the people that were admitted. Uh, this is by no means a criticism of them. Lanny McDonald, uh, Mike Weir... Cindy Klassen, Simon Whitfield, the Edmonton grads, all deserving candidates, all represented their country well. Uh, 
by no means do I want to criticize them, and this is not a criticism of them. They are very deserving, and uh, I have the utmost respect for them. But how Canada Sports Hall of Fame cannot find a place for Dave Keon, uh, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, maybe I have a different sense of history than the people on that nominating committee to have. Maybe I grew up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Maybe I understand the god that Dave Keon was in the Toronto hockey community. And this is a criticism of the nominating committee, not of who they selected. Uh, this was a, a perfect opportunity to put David Keon in Canada Sports Hall of Fame. It's the 100th anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The ceremony is in Toronto. It was a fitting time to do it. I just think they missed an opportunity. Hopefully they correct it next year. Uh, he, I'd love to see him and his family. I'd like to see him get in while he and his family can enjoy it. Yeah, As, let's push for him for next year. Well, Definitely you got to give credit to the people that are, are in the Hall of Fame now. Absolutely. Lanny McDonald, Mike Weir, Cindy Klassen, Simon Whitfield, there are other deserving candidates. Our sincere congratulations. You are definitely deserved uh, nominees. Dave Keon deserves to be there as well. You've been listening to the Nazimali Sports Hour. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.